Good morning. Ah, it's actually the evening. I'm feeling chipper, though. I know. It's weird. Yeah, I know. Um, my name is Willows. <laughs> my name is Tyler. And welcome to Alcohol Beyond This Point. The, the podcast. Uh, podcast where we debate business topics, uh, both sober and drunk. Bitch about um, politics. Yeah, just like the uh, ancient Persians used to do in their parliament. Um, look that up. Fact check me. That's a real thing. Um Welcome to uh, episode 30. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube, wow. the video version of this podcast on youtube.com slash vote willows, uh, you'll see uh, we have a new table. Um, we only have a new table because uh, I was describing it like, so it's from my office. We got new furniture for the office and then I take the furniture from the office and take it to my house. It's like, I was explaining it like the cabin, right? Yeah. You buy new furniture for your house, and then you take that furniture to the cabin, <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, that old that old table was uh, like you sneeze on it, and it would... Yeah, so this is a little bit more secure. Our chairs yeah, are a little a bit table. more secure. Yeah, yeah, So, um, got my uh, video podcast shout out really early this time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. In the intro. Yeah. How's, uh, how's the week? Oh, good. Feels like I was here yesterday. Uh, you weren't, but well, I don't know. We had a phone call. It was nice and warm. Some a few days, and then it got not. <laughs> and warm. Then it was snowing <laughs> for and some it was reason. Snowing yesterday, so fuck that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm in the middle of like just on like cusp of starting to get excited of being able to work outside and get some sunshine and start enjoying that. Oh, I got my bike out. Oh, that's nice. Yep. I want to buy a bike. I think you should. Uh, it's probably too late though. What do you mean too late? They're probably all sold out. What do you mean they're all sold out? Literally, that's what happened last year. What does that mean? Took me like four months to get a bike last year. What does that mean? I bought it in June. Just make more. What do you... you... Or May? Yeah, I bought it in May and it took till end of the summer to get it. Actually, no. I got it end of October. Bike shops run by hippies, yeah. I think there's probably a correlation between hippies and owners of bike shops. Hippies, bad capitalists. <laughs> no, right? they literally just ran out of bikes. Following my 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 chain of uh, logic here, bad capitalist hippies equal supply chain issues, equal small surge in demand, run out of fucking bicycles. No, it was like literally they did not make enough bikes in like China. I don't know about that. No, he straight up ran out of bikes. China has bikes, is what you're saying. Yeah, like the whatever the <laughs> normal annual quota for bikes was, the GDP it got of bicycles. It got exceeded in like the first quarter, and they were just all gone because people. What COVID? Yeah, because people didn't want to take public transit anymore. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. And bought bikes. So I, apparently that was a huge driver and just in general people having nothing else to do and like picking up new hobbies and fitness and whatever like you couldn't buy canoes you couldn't buy paddle boards you couldn't buy fucking any like outdoorsy stuff like even just you want to get like an inner tube for floating down the river you couldn't buy that shit either it's all sold out not that you would know what what uh, an inner out, tube is what the outdoor hey industry is doing hey <laughs> hey i go outside i just prefer inside <laughs> yeah i know um i used to bike a lot though i used to bike to school every single day um from well i guess like as soon as i was able to walk to school by myself yeah till the end of grade 12 and i used to bike 
Uh, there's a little low in the middle where I didn't buy it because like I didn't think it was cool when I was like 12 years old. Yeah. But then I got to high school. I'm like, why the fuck do I care? <laughs> this cuts. I get to sleep in for 30 more minutes. Yeah. Um, but I used to bike all through the winter as well, like minus 50. There's pictures of me. I think you've seen with like, if I remember, I'll put it on the screen with like uh, ski goggles, fur hats, like bandana, like you can't see anything. And I used to ride a bike with like the handlebars would fall off. So I'd like carry Allen keys with me and like, um, big backpack and like I'd wipe out all the time in the, in the, on the ice and sounds sounds like fun. Yeah. And I was like 30 pounds lighter. So I wonder if there's a core. I wasn't only only 30. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) I almost, I almost ruined my entire basketball season doing that. Falling down, biking on the ice. You would play basketball. Oh, that was awful. We're also sipping some uh, Johnny Walker Black. Johnny Walker Black. Um, uh, that's the whole story. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's not too bad. It's like mid-range Scotch, right? Yep. Scotch or uh, Irish? Where are they from? Scotch. Scotch. This is mid-range Scotch. Yeah. Um, not too bad though. Not too bad. So tell us about the. Um, you've been freaking out about this hydron collider. Oh. Um. I don't know as much. I don't know that much about it because the articles that I've read are very brief and they don't get super into the science. <laughs> it's probably because no one gives a shit. Because no one understands. I was going to say it's like a breach of uh, national security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a new particle. Fuck. I can't remember the name right now. It's like some quasi particle. I don't know, whatever they're, they're calling it. But it apparently is challenging the known laws of physics, which is pretty fun. Yeah, so, so for those people who don't know, uh, one of these colliders or whatever is exactly what it sounds like. They smash particles together at, like, light speed yeah. just to see what happens, essentially. To, to break them apart, to yeah. deconstruct them, generate and, and destroy energy, basically. Yeah, and, like, you know, like, the, the top end of the... Um, the periodic table, like the the one tens, like yeah. one ten through like one eighteen. If you like look at those, they're like, oh, we can currently make it exist for point two of a second, like, yeah, because like it happens when you start smashing shit together and yeah. cutting open the space time continuum. Yeah, this new particle I think was discovered in. Um, they smashed two particles together, and it was, I think the way they described it is kind of like how sparks fly off of like an an impact so they lasted for like a few microseconds yeah but they were able to measure and recreate it yeah but uh it's challenging like the building blocks of matter yeah like how atoms are constructed yeah i skimmed the article um i feel like have scientists scientists make discoveries like this shit all the time don't they yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a steady march. I mean, yeah. stuff with like the Large Hadron Collider. I don't think they make it's nothing. There is, I guess, like huge leaps and bounds because once you discover something, you got to figure out like what does it mean. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like where they're just, I guess, literally throwing shit together, see what see what happens. <laughs> yeah, these people literally have unlimited grants to just like yeah, figure it, out, figure out science. Like go. yeah, 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 theoretical physics. It's uh, beyond my realm of. Uh, so long story short, but... um, we're no longer going to be aging, and I'm going to another planet. Would you take uh, take like a non-aging pill? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I think I would too. Yeah, like a god drug. What, are we talking like um, immortality, or are we talking like... 
like okay, like you don't age from like twenty five, but you still die at like a hundred. Or are we talking like you live to five thousand? If you turn off the aging, you just don't die. What's the problem? What's or I mean, I know the, the problem with not aging is what the fuck happens to our population as soon as people aren't aging. Um, very vigorous birth control. I don't know. <laughs> well, because if no one dies, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit of genocide. I don't know. I think it's like what sixty million people die a, a day or something like that. Like yeah, it's not enough. Okay, no, no, but like I'm saying, <laughs> but if none of those people died, yeah. Well, we just... We'd... Well, people would still die of all the... Murder and you know, car accidents and shit. Yeah, so America would be gone in like a month and a half for <laughs> mass fair. shootings. That's fair. Because, what is it, like 29 or 31 mass shootings so far this year? There's been two this week that were pretty well publicized. Well, there's 29, I think 29 prior to that. That have not, been, not been well publicized. Great. And it's March. Well, it's because they open schools again. <laughs> well... <laughs> I saw a tweet that was, uh, like, people were like, this is fucking science fiction. Like, the, the this elementary school teacher is like, I want to keep my door and my windows open to my classroom to ventilate better for the deadly pathogen, the pandemic. Um, but if I have the door open, I'm leaving myself more vulnerable to a mass shooter. <laughs> yeah. And people were retweeting it. And they're like, this is fucking a science fiction novel. Like, yeah. I I wish I can't protect against my mass shooter because there's a deadly like pandemic, pathogen, pandemic happening, like trying to get me. It's kind of insane, honestly. Like it is absolutely. America, I'll say it again: mightier empires have fallen. I've said it a hundred yeah. times. Like, like everyone now, everyone's screaming gun control. That, but they do course. every shooting, right? Well, no, they don't do for every shooting. Like for. Like Biden has been Biden passed like a major gun reform. I think it was in '94. That yeah, but increased like uh, that was back, background checks. Clinton. Like, it was under it was under Clinton, but he was like well, the chair of the Judiciary Committee, and he's the one that like made it up and pushed it. Because I know like Clinton passed like an assault weapons ban. Yeah, no, that was um, that was actually like Biden under Clinton's presidency, and it was presidency. like a ten year yeah. ban that Congress had the option to extend, but they yeah. let it lapse in 2004. Yeah, sun- and then, sunset clause. Yeah, and then mass shootings went way up again. Yeah, which is great for everyone because uh, like that, I, th- I don't know how long the Democrats have been holding the House, but basically it had been probably more like more than 10 years, 16 years. I don't know. Anyways, they lost basically their grip on Congress because of this bill. Uh, so they've been like, scared to approach it ever since americans like their fucking guns man yeah absolutely and the nra is pretty powerful organization like yeah the i think there's virtually zero chance of any meaningful gun reform happening from either side of the the problem is it's in their constitution right well no it's not it's not about disarming the people it's about like creating any kind of hurdle to buying assault weapons saw a tweet today that was um you know what i understand it's a slippery slope if we make licenses for guns because when we made licenses for cars, fucking what, 10 years before cars were outlawed? Yeah, exactly. And then everyone's like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I think Canada does a decent job of it. I mean, it's obviously we're it, it, a lot of guns are banned, but you could just literally pick and choose um, like a couple of the obvious assault rifles and make those hard to get not impossible but like hard to get and there's a bunch well, of loopholes like the gun show loopholes and stuff that could be yeah because in, in canada you can pretty much get any firearm you want there are ones that are specifically banned by name 
Um, yeah, like certain like muzzle velocities, firing rates. And well, and then there class, there's a yeah. list of like 400 that are banned by name. Like yeah. you can't have like it's like AK-47. Like you can't have. Um, but uh, but Canada, aside from that though, you can have fully automatic weapons. You can get handguns, like all that. But you have to take a test. The test is pretty in depth. Yeah. Um, and then they do a pretty. I I didn't even know this because I I've never owned a firearm legally. Um, but, uh, but our friend Mitchell was telling me they like call your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And that's just for your basic pal, like for your you, hunt, uh, for, and, to, to own a long gun. Yeah. And the, he was saying like, like call your ex-girlfriend. Well, and he did, was saying even to renew it, not even yeah, get it the first. It's an thing. annual background annual check. Annual background check. They, they're like, he's like, yeah, I haven't even, I haven't gone to renew my pal because, I don't want them to call my new ex and yeah. you know, or maybe it might not be annual, but it's at least comes up every, every so often. Yeah. Which is interesting. Forced, forced renewal, forced requalification. Yeah. And I didn't even know that. Which um, just makes sense. Cause you could have been stable when you got it. And now you're unfucking stable. This is what we should do for fucking driver's licenses as well. After yeah. 65, every five years, you got to fucking retake the test. <laughs> yeah. No, a hundred percent. Um, I think I've kind of flip flopped on, on gun control i mentioned this i think a couple podcasts ago I, I, but i never we we got off topic as we often do i th- i used to be very very pro gun control and now i think i'm less so yeah i think i'm, not... I'm maybe it's just that i don't trust the government as much as i used to <laughs> i i'm pro some degree of gun control because like I mean, it's just all the arguments against having gun control are just, they're not really good. Well, it's I like don't, I don't num- buy any of the conservative arguments. Yeah. It's, I, I saw another, um, article posted. It was like number of mass shootings prevented by some, by a, a legal firearm <laughs> yeah. carrying citizen. Yeah. Like a good citizen is like yeah. fucking zero. It's, it's yeah, negligible. No, um, it's zero. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like you might shorten it, but like people have not like stopped shootings like yeah it's not that's like people unless you're a trained soldier yeah well these you're not going to react properly in the moment quickly enough to do anything even even to protect yourself a lot of these people though they're they have the reason why they own a bunch of guns because they have this hero complex right and they're like oh i can't wait for someone to rob the bank i'm in because i'm I'm gonna fucking save everybody and like yeah and it never happens well exactly but that's what they're they're thinking they're honestly thinking when they buy this fucking gun they're like oh i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna protect everyone like you know um yeah, I think, like, because one of the biggest arguments I always hear is that, like, excuse me, is that um, historically Pol Pot, Stalin, Hitler have put very strict gun control laws in so that it disarmed the populace so that it was easier to become a dictator. Because um, you couldn't have an armed revolution because no one had any guns. Yeah, but you got to realize... That's also a very shitty argument. That's, I, that's I, like saying Napoleon was also kind of blonde, and so is Trump. Therefore, like it's yeah, it's like that yeah. level of argument. Yeah, my, it, my it's a different century. And yeah, my counter is because um, I've heard Biden, that argu- Biden doesn't have the brown shirts for one. Well, <laughs> Biden has control of um, drones in the stratosphere that can put a missile in a square meter uh, from space. Yeah. 
I, I silently. Uh, you don't hear it until it hits the ground. These fucking things, yeah. like they can literally, yeah. Y- these people that think they're gonna have any, like we're gonna fight the government. I don't think so. <laughs> like, the only way that'll like the best the best case scenario would be a military coup. It would have to be well because and then and then I've had like debates with like you know Republicans or whatever that are like. They do that argument, so I counter with, no, you're just going to fucking drone strike. They counter with, yeah, but look at what we did, or what, uh, Vietnam. Right. It was farmers with fucking 30-year-old assault weapons fought off the entire U.S. Army. Um, It's not 1960 anymore, right? <laughs> no. like That would not work anymore. Like, it's the same argument I always have with, like, people are always like, oh, I, I found all the information the elites don't want you to know on this weird website and shit. It's like, if they didn't want you to know it, it wouldn't be there. Yeah. If they actually are an all-powerful cabal, they're not letting people make fucking YouTube videos. Yeah, no, try like, saying that shit in China. I'd be like, they don't let... Yeah. They, the government doesn't yeah. want me to... Yeah. yeah. And you're... That's, yeah, and chi- the Video never gets posted. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a good... Yeah, because like, China actually is a dictatorship. Actually, yeah, actually totalitarian at least. Yeah. Um, someone sent me a meme today that was like uh, China in like 1980. It's like, we will be communists forever. And then the USSR falls. And it's like, he's like looking at... China's like looking at a... It's like a guy looking at a cupcake and it's like China, capitalism. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've like... They they have a degree of capitalism. I, they have it's a just state on, state it's just owned. State it's, owned. Yeah, it's like Russia's kind of the same deal. But yeah, yeah, communism is kind of. There's no. I don't think any functioning communist countries anymore. They're all this kind of pseudo, like, authoritarian centrist kind of. We're like, cause like, um, yeah, like China. When you, no matter what, no matter what, if you company gets big enough, they're like, you got to sell some to to the government or they just or they take it <laughs> or, or they just take it they start putting people on the board and if you don't let them get on the board then they start throwing people in prison and then replacing them people on the board like yeah and and they just um showed us when they kidnapped jack ma that no matter how powerful and rich you are you're not protected you're not safe but apparently he he, he is safe he says he didn't get kidnapped he said he went to hiding Yes, so he's sitting there talking to a video with fucking spotlights on him in a cave in uh, with his hands tied behind his back going, I did not get kidnapped. I just went into hiding in my vacation home. He's like reading off cards. I haven't seen the video. That's no, funny. there's no video. I'm being oh, facetious. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I no, don't he bl- did go into hiding, but like they do, they have been disappearing executives. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I'm... <sighs> I'm not fully convinced he didn't get kidnapped. They said, okay, we'll let you go back, but fucking tell people you went on vacation. Fuck you. Like, yeah. Right. Like we can get to you in your home. Now you know that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I wouldn't put anything past him, but anyways, we're, oh, we were talking about gun control. Oh Um, yeah. So I think I'm kind of at the point where I don't care. Whatever. (laughs) I think, I think nothing's going to happen. Number one. When America? Yeah. Well, Canada just had, a, six months ago, had our deadliest mass shooting ever. And then evidence came out that it was like an RCMP undercover operation. 
and then no one talks about it. Well, ever. no, he was he was like a he was a confidential informant for the RCMP. Yeah, and the day of the shooting, they dead dropped him four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that he that has yet to been recovered. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like um, that, like I and this this isn't conspiracy. This is like CBC and fucking like McLean's did this piece. Yeah, where they're like talk to a RC, former RCMP chief. And they're like, yo, look at this video. He's like, yeah, that's exactly how we pay our informants. We like dead drop it in a car. No, know? no, no. He picked, it was out of a bank. Uh, yeah, but so it was, it was like, like out of like a federal reserve bank that only like cops can go to uh, like uh, federal government. And I think like bank officials can go to. So if you're the government or if you're a bank, you can use yeah, this well, and, and this guy's like a firefighter, right, or something. He was like, or yeah, I'm, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, yeah he uses bank that citizens can't use <laughs> well, and, and pulled out four hundred thousand dollars from, which is how the RCMP pulls out money. Yeah, and well, and yeah, he has a salary of nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, S- very sketchy. And he had a fake cop car, but he did yeah. do that on his own. He did have a fake cop car, yeah, and then he just drove around shooting people and then burning their houses down to like throw off authorities. Um, and killed like what 15 people or something and then yeah killed himself i don't no i think didn't they take him alive see the fact that we don't even know yeah i don't know it was a while ago yeah like not that long ago <laughs> like yeah, people fair. are dead um but then yeah like mclean's puts out some big article that's like oh yeah this was a fucking government conspiracy and then i haven't heard anything about it since yeah fucking wild <laughs> like like yeah. that f- gets get, that gets hushed pretty quick though. I mean, I'm so far away from caring. Every week, I just go farther into like, man, they can get away with anything. Why do I even give a shit? <laughs> like, like when when I heard about the second mass shooting, I'm like, it's not a gun control issue. You have a an ex you have an extremism issue. You have a political polarity issue. You have like the first guy was an incel. The second guy was a Syrian. Like, yeah. Yeah. The second guy or the first guy. Yeah. was an incel that killed like nine Asian women and, and a white guy, whatever. But I don't think two white guys, I think, I don't know, but either way he was an incel. And then, yeah, the second guy was, I, I, I told you the, this, the, all the tweets from like left wing pundits yeah. that were like, Oh, they took him alive. So I know, it was a white guy and then like six hours later it's like they release his name and it's like something very arabic and everyone's like doesn't matter point still stands gun control they just like it's like oh come on guys like yeah he i i we obviously there's no thought yet as to what the motive or there's no statement yet as to what the motive is yeah as of today but like these these mass shootings by and large uh most of them happen from white supremacist or white supremacist adjacent groups because they're the most militant and active and it's a part uh, i've done like a real deep dive on their uh what do you call it? like i guess their fucking religion that they are all centered around these books these ironically most of them are fiction books about mind comp no the bible uh, yeah no no, it's like written by uh L. Ron ne- Hubbard, neo-Nazis, white supremacists in, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and they use these as their textbooks for resistance because 
the militias themselves can't really hold together because they're too easy to spot and dismantle and whatever. Yeah. So having militias like the Proud Boys and stuff like that um, are not an effective way to mount a, a movement. Yeah. But the lone wolf, uh, you know, with a machine gun going into a grocery store is a very effective and virtually impossible thing to stop because how do you stop a lone wolf shooting? Yeah. yeah. It's usually a first offense. They're not on anybody's radar unless there's like some really good FBI work in advance online. But even then, they usually can't do anything because these yeah, guys committed will, a crime yet. Yeah, they'll commit the crime within hours or days of purchasing a weapon. Yeah. And even if the FBI guy is sitting right outside, he the the odds of them stopping it is still low. So Yeah. I like it's the way it's going and I it's guess, the way well, it's going to keep going. Well, I guess the solution is the same way you st- how do you stop any crime, right? It's treat it from the bottom like it's it's treat the systematic reasons why people are committing crime in the first place yeah how do you how do you treat online extremism without becoming draconian like china i guess making people more well adjusted and happy and you know then they don't have to seek out yeah but that would require doing things for the people no i'm not saying i'm not saying what they're going to do i'm saying yeah what, like that's how you would, would fix do. it right but well, like, and, not, and but not even though right like there's a bunch of these uh, school shooters especially that come from like middle class white homes you know what i mean but yeah like, but middle class is like one of the worst places to be sure sure like that's <laughs> that's like look at like fight club that sums it up really well yeah but like i guess um a lot of people argue that like um you know, crime is in large caused by poverty, right? Yeah. So then give people UBI, crime goes down in theory. It does, yeah. So, but there's people that already have, you know, a baseline of income and and housing and food and et cetera, et cetera, that are still going out and fucking murdering a bunch of people. Right, but it's a much lower rate. I mean, you're you're talking about like radicalism, happening in the deep corners of the internet and i don't think that socioeconomic factors weigh in that much um well then what's what's causing this why do people uh i like it it seems to be it, it used to be very kind of like fringe and it's just becoming more mainstream so it's like the you think about i got i think i'm thinking about like a sales funnel where you know, the very top of the funnel is like your Fox News, and then it's look we're we're even and then putting, it's like Alex Jones. We're even putting mass shootings in uh, business terms. <laughs> yeah, and then it's Alex Jones, and then you get like deeper and deeper, and then you get into Eight Chan, and then you get into um, fucking Parlor and all these other places, and and the radicalism just gets stronger and stronger and deeper and deeper, right? So the top of that funnel is just getting wider and i think it's catching more and more people like i think it's in a lot of it's it's just in society in general and it's definitely been ingrained in american culture like for the last fucking 60 years this has been like a slow mad march towards the edge everyone's like oh it's fine well i've seen more and more people average people because like i like when i was a kid like teenager you know i used to spend a lot of time on like 4chan and the fucking (laughs) i've seen some fucked up shit on the internet and i've seen some opinions of some fucked up people on the internet 
Um, but I felt like that never like, but now you're seeing this shit on Facebook, right? Yeah. Like where the normies used to hang out. Yeah. Now it's, you know, it's getting more mainstream, which means the dark corners just must be getting worse. Yeah. Because when boomers can be radicalized that easily, <laughs> like by fucking, you know what I mean? Like when Tucker Carlson starts the, well, here's the funny thing. Like people on the right will like anti uh, like anti-Russia right yeah and just this last week like what 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 Fox News has been spending like everyone else is talking about gun control Fox News is talking about like Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head and cancel culture (laughs) yeah like that's what they're fixated on and like just mark my words the next election will be lost on the message of of cancel culture and like get one fucking boomer to explain to you what cancel culture is <laughs> number one what it is and number two anyone they know that's been affected by it yeah but i'm like losing getting kicked off of facebook doesn't count because <laughs> that's not a that's not a real world implication no not really not, not unless really. your livelihood comes from facebook and you got you know deplatformed in which case you probably Stop. deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like the the headlines that Fox has been running in the last seven days um, started with Russian disinformation campaigns on Facebook. And that's been backtraced and released and published by what, it, what is it like the FBI or the NSA that does these disclosures? CIA. I don't know. One of those. But they're like, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, this thing you're seeing, these articles, this has been tra- traced back to, a, you know, this Russian disinformation campaign. Like, we know where this comes from. It's been fact-checked. It's false. Like, don't be- fact- don't, don't believe this. Who fact-checks the fact-checkers, though? And everyone. <laughs> That's the point of fact-checking is That's they post the-, the facts and then you can vet it yourself. Yeah, but what about alternative facts? Alternative facts is then you go to Fox News <laughs> and... All the headlines of the last fucking seven days that Tucker Carlson says, like, is the gospel truth. These things originate from Russian disinformation campaigns, and those take precedent over 23 people getting shot in six days. It's fucking amazing, honestly. I'm so inspired by what Putin <laughs> is doing to America. Like, yeah, they, well, I... they, they lost the big war. Or the little war, I should say. <laughs> they, they lo- they're they winning lost, right now. They lost the little war, but they're going to win the big war. Yeah. I, I, I think 100% because they're, everything that needs to be done to dismantle a place like America is currently working. Yeah. Where well, our friend JL said um, that storming the Capitol is what historians are going to talk about is the fall, this beginning of the fall of the, the be- American yeah, Empire. Yeah, the beginning of the end. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just going to go down from there. I'm looking forward to it. Me Cheers too. to that. Cheers to that. <laughs> I'm never gonna get elected to any kind of office. I am just like Trump. Oh, and that—that's uh, the other issue right now—is fucking Biden's aides getting fired for marijuana use. Oh, Biden has aides. Lots of them. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, like yeah, White, he... White, White House staffers, and like I'm listening yeah. to like a super partisan left podcast, like uh, last podcast on the left, and uh, Pod Save the World. And these guys, they used to work with Biden and in Obama's administration, and they're just going off. They're like, 
I can name like 15 people in Obama's administration under Biden as well that all said like yes to the marijuana question before they got their security clearance and they all got cleared. So why why did he fire them? Because they don't know. Because like the the argument is it's for uh, like uh, top secret uh, security clearance. Like if you have something in your past or in your, in your life smoke that could marijuana and tell someone the password. Exactly. Like that's the argument. But, but they're like, you can go home and get fucking smashed on red wine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but dr- yeah, drinking alcohol is way way more likely to get you to spill state secrets. And you it's, know how many? It's like, actually like that's how uh, that's how uh, Australia found out about Trump's campaign digging up Hillary's emails. It was one of his fucking campaign managers got drunk in a bar and just spouted off his mouth to a couple of Australian reporters. Yeah, you know when I'm. Like, when I'm doing, like, a bank heist. Yeah. And I'm, like, gathering information, right? Yeah. I don't hang out in the dispensary, <laughs> right? Follow someone home. I hang out at the pub. Yeah. Because fucking people get loose-lipped when they fucking... Yeah, 100%. And there, there's a sign in my bar that says, loose lips sink ships. Shut your fucking mouth. And Biden is a right-wing president. A hundred percent. And I don't know, do you think the left, I want to get off talking about politics, but my last question, do you think the American left is going to realize by the end of this four years that he is not actually a left president, left-leaning president? Oh, absolutely. Are you sure? Yeah. Because they still think Obama was a left-leaning president. I think the people on the, like, the centrists think he was a left-leaning the progressive left people. Well, the progressive left has been very vocal that they didn't has like been very, to begin with. Yeah, have been very disenfranchised. But, and he's going to, I think he'll lose the support of the far left. They're like, but if the alternative is Trump, he'll probably still get the support. And Bernie Sanders is probably going to be dead by then. They'll all be dead, hopefully. <laughs> with any luck. With any luck. But then we just get fucking... AOC. AOC, yeah. Ver- versus... Um, Paul Ryan? Like, I don't no, know. No, no, what's his name? Uh... Uh, pretty boy with the brown hair. Fuck, what's his name? Josh Hawley. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's like him and t- or Ted Cruz. Like yeah, Ted the... Cruz versus AOC. Fuck, like... can you imagine Ted Cruz being in charge of America? Like, I will. I I I live in Canada, and I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> like, if Ted Cruz becomes president, I'm. Always, that's what people said about Trump, and nothing ever happened. So, no, just just like on principle, he's gross, and it's it's, <laughs> it's too close. It's uh, too close by. I like that he went to Mexico when <laughs> Texas was freezing. That's something I really respect. I also like that he never got caught for all those serial killings. Yeah. Because he is the Zodiac killer. <laughs> Allegedly. Don't sue me, Ted. Anyway, do you have anything business related to tell? Oh, yeah, let's do Shot Caller first. Yeah. This is the segment that we call Shot Caller, the uh, segment where you, the audience, can pick what shot we're going to take today. Um, this shot comes for, to us today from uh, Shrugging Doctor Beverage Company. It's a uh, prototype, actually, not even a release. They were able to share it with us. It's a, uh, a rum. Uh, it's unaged, but it's um, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty it's good. Rum. So here you go. And thank you, Shrugging Doctor, for sponsoring this episode. Yeah, I better crack a can so I don't have to ch- chase rum with scotch. <laughs> scotch. God, I did that last time. I almost puked. So, um, anything, uh, I know COVID's kind of, we're just treading water, but anything new going on with business? I know you were, uh... Speak for yourself. Yeah, okay, well, okay, <laughs> then tell me. <laughs> like, uh, 
Yeah, so I have been overly friendly on social media, reaching out to uh, key competitors in my local market here that I want to emulate and just literally DMing people being like, hey, can I like come on your job site and learn from you? Because none of the companies or not many companies right now are doing uh, product training, whatever, to learn about new uh, new products to install to like whatever advance move on yeah and get better at my my craft because there's no way there's no formal training courses besides whatever you find on the internet in, in the tile industry yeah, in the tile industry so anyways one of them actually panned out and uh buddy said no initially and was like what what why <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it was like very off. i'd be i'd be fine i would never yeah. let somebody in my fucking place yeah but then you know a couple weeks later came back and was like Hey, um, actually, I really need like a new head installer. Like, do you want to come maybe talk about working for me? And I'm like, well, I don't want a job, but I'll take the meeting. Yeah. So, uh, went in super open minded and with no, no real agenda, but you know, just kind of understanding where I was and what I wanted to do. Uh, long story short, uh, looking at doing, something to in spirit it's like a merger in practice it's like uh it's going to look like employment progressing to partnership okay like when you have when you give like a key player in your company equity for for staying power and whatever so which is i would say for time spent and rolling in assets because i do have equipment a good amount of assets i got a vehicle i've got like ten thousand dollars of equipment and I would just say caveat there. Yeah. I like, like that's, I think that's a good practical piece of advice for people that are trying to get into owning a business, but don't have startup capital. Yeah. Um, we've seen it happen many, like that's very, pretty common. It's a very common practice, very especially common. in uh, the tech industry. Yeah. Very, it's, it's very. It's almost like a prerequisite for a lot of these companies starting up. Yeah, very very common in uh startups. I we know s- several businesses that have done this. Mm-hmm. That basically it's like okay, you can pick uh your salary is going to be 50k a year or you can do 30k a year and you'll earn stock options. Um, stock options. And and big companies do stock options all the time yep. because you have 500 million shares, so giving a couple every so often isn't bad, but super small businesses will can potentially make you significant partners. Look at like Facebook, right? Yeah, because when you have a company like I, I don't want to talk about this deal in its particulars, but obviously it, the it's the story is important as to why this subject is important to me. But if you look at any small business that like I I was gonna say that conditional there, but I I think unconditionally any small business, uh, your first let's say three, four staff. Uh, I don't, I don't mean just like, you know, your general laborers to whatever, take some time off you. I mean like your three, four core full-time salary level people that you're going to have in your company, um, are going to fill competencies that are valuable enough to the, like valuable as what the owner brings those first four people. Yeah. But In in a lot of like in terms of like daily delivery of value to customer. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, but I would also just put in a note that without the leadership of the founder, uh, that energy wouldn't go anywhere near as far. Well, I'm not saying like you you're making the point 
exactly where I was going to go is most uh, most business owners or most founders can't or have a very hard time separating their contributions from the um, kind of like from the esoteric and from their ego and from like the uh, spirit of what they bring to the table versus what do you physically bring every single day yeah Uh, like the actual division of responsibilities and contributions is a lot more equal than a lot of business owners are willing to admit well like for instance um i'll make the example of my own business yeah is that i send um my employees to like you know a, a big event a night market where they are selling wine yeah right and they'll they'll sell $2,000 worth of wine in a few hours. I was sitting at home jerking off during those hours. Yeah. So who brought more more value to the business in that day, right? Right. Um, So that, but yeah, that's obviously an extreme example. (laughs) But I set up the event. I got the licenses. I made, uh, had a relationship with the, uh, you know, organizer of the event and did a favor for them in the past so that when COVID happened and they had to cut, cut 75% of their booths, I still got a booth. So, I you would, know, I'll there's... St- I'll stop you right there. Track that out two years. Yeah. And all you do every day is jerk off. Yeah, and which your pretty employee, much, yeah. employee goes and sells wine every day. Yes, pretty much, yeah. You do that for two years straight. Yeah, correct. That's my plan. <laughs> Time is a factor with these things, right? Uh, you know, an event... Like, you can make an analogy of that, yes, okay, but, I mean, at a certain point, um, the, and these are also hourly employees that you have that are extremely part-time. I'm talking, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. full-scale salaried yeah, my, people. Yeah, my business hasn't got to a point yet where I need, can't, I can handle or need uh, full-time. Right. Well, in, in the summer, um, two out of four or five of my employees are, are full-time. Wait, they're right, doing forty hour se- weeks. But seasonal full time doesn't count. See I, I yeah, agreed. But so, I'm just not there yet. Right. But my my point is with a small business though, when you do get to those people, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're actually growing your business, there's a lot of small businesses out there that, you know, you have a couple of full time employees, their basic level of competencies, maybe you have a small store and then you have like a full time cashier. Yeah, I was, I was a, gonna say like you have, you have someone stocking shelves. Obviously this analogy isn't perfect across businesses, but I mean like in businesses that are growing. Yeah. Start like we'll use a quote unquote startup idea of like, you know, you're growing You're making a tech company, you're fucking a thousand percent every year. Yeah, you're growing more than a hundred percent every year over yeah. year. Yeah. So you're you're gonna have people in that business, uh, if you're lucky, that are going to bring bring to the company uh, some skill set, some bit of magic, uh, either connections or whatever it may be, that is going to accelerate your progression. And yep. if they stay for long enough, uh, these certain people can become indispensable not only to the end product and to the bottom line, but also to the culture and to the leadership. Because when that person becomes a part of the leadership and uh, becomes an an effective and essential part of kind of holding everything together then at a certain point you got to do something to keep those people around which is why a lot of like co-founders and c-suite people get these massive uh offers with equity and stock options whatever when it gets to a certain even higher level and you have like a board whatever then you have you know 
CEOs with stock options that can be quickly bought and sold and traded. But that's like whatever level four, level five. Yeah, the what we know the best and what we usually talk about is is small business. We're yeah. trying to relate to um, under ten employees, like that kind of that kind of business. Yeah, under ten employees, under ten million. That's what what it is. Small business in Canada, I think. I don't know. I'm just it's saying, around I'm there. Just saying that off my ass. I think it is around there. Um, yeah, I believe it. I think it's. Uh, te- I heard no. Technically, small business is actually under 500 employees. Yeah, that's which is fucking ridiculous when you think about it. Yeah, 500 employees is f- like. Yeah, <laughs> like that's big. That's huge. Like, but because w- when you think about it, like. Facebook has like 20,000 employees. Yep. Like that's not that much more. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, I but also like I used to work for a construction company that was at about like 650 employees. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is what it is. Like but but then you you also have to think about um construction company needs a lot more employees than a tech company does. Yeah. Typically. Typically, right? Cuz you need more like how many users you know can one programmer support versus how many houses can one contractor build yeah right? but it, is it a SaaS product is it a product product <laughs> like dude i don't what, know what, I'm just, like, what, yeah i'm not like bold, I, I don't know bold, i'm not speaking specifics bold just... commerce bold commerce here in winnipeg is like three four hundred employees yeah it, well and yeah yeah it is what it is like um but they have, that's a company that has, I think, five founders. But then there's five, companies. Five or six co-founders and owners. But then there's companies, like tech companies that have two people and do like $100 million a year. Right. So right? Like, I used I used kind of the analogy of like, especially construction industry, you kind of get two different types of guys. You get either the, the dictator who. Ha, ha, ha. Retains 100% ownership of his company. Me. And basically is able to keep everyone in line, but also be able to berate them and, you know, get their ego down low enough that they don't think that they're at your level. Like, it's a lot of, like, abusive boyfriend vibes at that level where you got to you got to break the shit out of your leaders, get them so they can run their crews, but not enough that they feel like they're actually able to run the business on their own. Because as soon as they feel like they can run the business on their own, they fucking will. And they'll go start their own in business. In the construction industry specifically. Yes, in the yeah. construction industry because pretty Because, well, correct me if I'm wrong, most of these construction people like own their own tools, right? Yeah, typically you have to. Yeah, so... You just need clients, right? If you have your own fucking yeah. tools and a skill set, right? You just need client, right? So, but like, if my employees wanted to go start a competing winery, yeah, not as easy, right? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk like construction industry specific, like the different types of personalities you need to have to grow uh, at a certain point and not very far. Like basically, when you get to the point of now, you need to split crews where you got to be in two places where, at, yeah, i was gonna say where you can't be there every day yeah where you got to be in two places at once uh i think as an owner you could probably be in you could be at up to three to five places at once um i mean obviously some guys have just really big job sites so you can just have one place and grow but even still um 
that's a very, very high level entry, very, very high cost of capital to get into that stuff. But for most people, small business, most construction guys, they're working in uh, partnerships. And even I've even seen uh, some of the best guys I know that make quite a bit of money. They're in a, it was two brothers in a partnership and they just joined up with another company. So now they're split four ways Mm -hmm. in a bigger company because they found hiring to be so difficult to find competent people that could be managers and leaders that they, that didn't have to be babysat and actually would take away from the profitability and the quality in the brand. Like those people at a certain level, they can't just be hired. Yeah. And the, the idea, um, I have two things to say. Number one, um, the idea is when you sell a portion of your business, like you sell 10% of your business to somebody, they should be able to grow your business by more than 10%. Right. So here's part two of it is when you look at um, an option or a deal like this, you have to look at it the same way as purchasing a stock. Yeah. Where uh, when you're buying stocks, it's stocks are always prospective, right? Stocks or stocks? Both. Okay. More so stocks. Agreed. So stocks are... It's perspective on future business, which is why the Tesla stock price is incredibly high. Despite, oh, perfect. Tesla stock price is incredibly high, like multiples of like GM, even though GM makes and sells more cars. Yeah. So it's betting on the future. Yep. And that's how you have to look at these deals. And this is exactly how I explained it to this guy is when you look at something like this, I'm like, yeah, sure. Today, maybe it doesn't make sense. I'm like, you scale this out a year, it starts making more sense. You scale it out three to five years, and I'm like, me and you could be virtually equals. See, I have been in a position where it was exactly the opposite of what you just said. Where we've we've had a serious offer for part of our, um, like, to buy equity in our business. Yeah. Probably four or five times. Um, like a serious, like, ready to do it by like a 33% share. Like my, my partner and I each own 50% still, but I had people come in like want to buy a third. Right. And it would have been huge upside at the beginning because they would have brought, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars cash that we could have expanded aggressively with, you know, had a huge marketing budget, had a huge production budget. But then the more I thought about it, I think it was diminishing returns where eventually they wouldn't be bringing the same well, then that's value. A, that's a problem with the person, though, not the deal. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Well, th- there was nobody in the world that could have made that deal work, I don't think. With that person, you mean? No, I, like, maybe you, but, like, <laughs> there was, no, that, that, there was like, nobody. That's what I'm saying. It has, it has everything to do with the person offering you the deal, not the deal itself. Like, if you have someone uh, that, is coming to the table like it should be in the context that I think of it is it's someone's that's so good you can't afford to hire them yeah yeah well okay so and then the other thing I was gonna say is like people are always like oh Jeff Bezos owns Amazon right whatever he owns like 9% of Amazon 20 okay no I think he's like high for like giant corporations he owns like 20% yeah like Elon Musk owns like 10% Tesla or something yeah, something like right. that. A lot. Okay, like, don't quote me on my fucking numbers. This isn't the numbers podcast. Um, but a lot of um, people that own 
these giant companies, Microsoft, Apple, name a company, um, typically own 15% or less. Yeah. On public companies. I think almost exclusively public companies. Um, And executives, co-founders, investors make up a large, large share. Yeah. Google made something like 26 billionaires. Facebook, great example, right? Yeah. All these fucking kids in the dorm room um, own whatever it is, 3%. Yeah. Um, And go to the moon. Yeah. Dustin Moskovitz or whatever is like not even involved in Facebook. He's worth like $3 billion. Yeah. Eduardo Saverin like sued Mark Zuckerberg for, you know, tens of millions of dollars or whatever. And like... You can get a few hundred million. They settled out of court, I think. Mm-hmm. Watch the David Fincher uh, social network film. It's fucking excellent. Savage. That is a great film. Um, <laughs> okay, well, here, ooh, here's a good segue. Um, Winklevoss, the Winklevoss twins, the guys yeah. that claim they invented Facebook... And Zuckerberg zucked them. Yep. Um, do we t- have we talked about NFTs on this podcast before? I don't think so. Okay, let's talk about NF- NFTs. You familiar? Yeah. You non- like non fungible tokens? Yeah. So, non fungible tokens is basically a blockchain item. Ownership certificate. Basically. Owner. Yeah. So you could basically buy a piece of art, let's say. Um online it's digital it's in the blockchain so it's like bitcoin in the blockchain and you would own the that certificate for that piece of art yeah but it's all digital and encoded into that nft could for example this is why they're very popular is you could buy a piece of art physically but in order to actually legally own that piece, yeah you would have to have the nft you have to have the uh, it's like it's like a deed yeah it's like a deed but in yeah, blockchain technology, yeah. and why this is really cool is uh, for the lifetime that piece of art is exi- exists and is traded, every single time it gets sold, a royalty gets can get paid back to the original yeah, artist. Yeah, can, doesn't need, necessarily need to, yeah. but yeah, the original artist could keep getting paid every time that painting uh, changes hands. So imagine Jay-Z buys your fucking painting. Fun fact, Jay-Z, uh, half his net worth is in art. Yeah. Loves fucking art. Um, he constantly um, buys paintings for like undervalued and then they're fucking 40 times what they're worth. Uh, anyway, but uh, Jay-Z buys your painting. You know, 10 years later, he sells it for 40 times what he pays for it. You can get residuals from that. Yeah, it's like a, it can be a percentage built in, royalty built in. Whatever. Yeah, it's all it's all up to whatever. you can, And because it's all digital, you can fucking do whatever you want. Yeah, right. so it's like seen as a new revolution for creatives. Yeah, which is, uh, I think it's super cool. Um, I think there's a, we haven't even begun to see the, the potential yet. No, we're talking like early adoption of the interwebs. Yeah. This is like internet in 1999 or whatever, right? Like this is, yeah. But, um, uh, one of the Winklevoss twins, the guys that had Facebook allegedly stole from them, um, was tweeting about NFTs being this like revolutionary you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And some left-wing guy was trolling him. 
and was like, uh, how is this different than me just Googling an image and <laughs> being able to see it or whatever? And he's like arguing with them, like giving this whole like fucking thing, like whatever. It's like, well, because you, you actually own it, whatever. And he's like, is that the same thing if you just download an image from Google Images? He's like, well, if I had it physically, yeah, it would be. And then he's like arguing with them. And then his response is like, I, you know what? I see how this guy had a fucking multi-billion dollar tech idea stolen out from under (laughs) (laughs) successful troll just just a roll roast yeah yeah. but um yeah i uh i I like the idea um i know there's a lot of uh uh i don't want to say left leaning skeptics but there's a lot of skeptics that are um uh concerned about the uh environmental um like uh cost cost whatever um because yeah like uh if you know anything about the blockchain and bitcoin it does take a lot of energy a lot um yeah a lot of energy uh i think it's yeah buying one painting on as an nft is like running a diesel engine uh for like 10 weeks or something um well to generate the amount of pollution right to generate that amount of bitcoin yeah what it's saying yeah like because bitcoins are but yeah whatever but i mean that would be like if you had to generate new bitcoin every time you bought something but i mean technically if it's like being traded it's not new yeah it's it's more it's more ecologically friendly than let's say paper currency when for instance my computer right now we we actually just used uh you know what's awesome about not being a public company with a board (laughs) my partner and i voted had our shareholder meeting Mm -hmm. uh, the two of us getting drunk and we decided that we should use company funds to buy a uh, top-of-the-line graphics card for our office computer. Yeah. And we've been mining Bitcoin on the office computer with this top-of-the-line graphics card. Um, and we're a private fucking company. We can do it. We can vote. <laughs> the board, if the board votes it, it happens, right? Um, so now we're making a couple hundred bucks in, a month in Bitcoin, which is awesome. But um, I don't know what my point was. Um but the oh yeah no, no no okay my point was my this province Manitoba gets a hundred percent of its electricity from renewable resources. Yeah, we have. I mean, an argument can be made against the uh, impacts of hydroelectric dams. Yeah, but it's, no, but the, it the, fucks with ecosystems. It that's can. what I was gonna say. the The problems with hydroelectric dams, which is what our province gets all of its power from, is Most. High, lots uh, like, of wind, though. Okay, but we get like a, over a hundred percent from um, renewable resources. We sell a bunch to the states. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. We we get a ton of renewable. Re- um, dams aren't like polluting. It's that it's like fucking up beavers and shit. Yeah, like fish habitats. Yeah, and... but it's not polluting, right? Yeah. But so... And people... it's also... Re... It just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So I've gotten in arguments with people on the internet that are like, whoa, whoa, fucking, you know, how much... Uh, is it worth it? You're fucking getting 200 bucks a month in Bitcoin, but you're fucking going to kill the planet this much? I'm like, dude, I'm getting my fucking electricity from hydroelectric power. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, yeah, no, this, this is from states. It, yeah, it's, they're like, like, it's like those memes of a Tesla plugged into a coal plant generating electricity. It's like, yeah, that's what I'm... That's what yeah, I'm that's doing. not here. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? The Netherlands, fucking uh, Sweden, like... 
you know, they they're all getting their fucking power from renewables. Yeah. Wait. This is America with clean coal. <laughs> like it, nowhere else does this shit. Like clean coal. I love clean coal. I think it was Ted Cruz. It, uh, if it wasn't Ted Cruz, it was a high up Texan uh, government guy. Yeah. Rick Perry, maybe it was someone high up that literally said in a fucking forum. If we if we just filled the desert with uh, with solar panels, we're gonna fucking drain the sun, and it's gonna cool the earth. If only it was that. No, easy. and like the crowd chanted, like, ah! <laughs> like. If only it was that easy like, to cool the earth. If we, if like literally, we are going to drain the sun. Like these people, literally, do not understand renewable energy and that's what like fucking trump saying like windmills give people cancer and shit like and kill birds what apparently that is a thing yeah but not like fuck up birds not like huge numbers of birds also fuck them they're birds what do we care (laughs) i've seen a lot of windmills and i've never we have a ton i've never seen a dead bird yeah we have a ton in southern manitoba we have a ton of uh giant what are they called they're not called windmills what are they called wind turbines wind turbines yeah we have a ton. What a, actually the the not so fun fact about wind turbines is it's actually creating a crisis in the balsa wood industry because the fins are made with balsa wood. And why can't you make them out of? I thought they were like metal. No, they're they're like balsa wood and fiberglass. I think. Do they have to be light? Is that very, why? Yeah, they're very light. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very light, very strong. Balsa wood. Balsa wood. That's interesting. Have you ever felt it? Held it? I like, don't know. Maybe. Balsa wood. It feels like it's like as light as styrofoam. I've I've heard of it. Uh, I've only heard of it like through memes. Like, mm. oh, this table is balsa wood. Yeah, no, it, it's like as light as styrofoam, okay. but it's as strong as wood. Uh, what do we get it from? Balsa trees. Oh wow. Okay, where's the, I don't know. Uh, South American South, trees. South, uh, yeah, I believe it's South America. Okay, but cool. the the good thing is. Uh, it only takes like five years to grow a balsa tree. A, a balsa tree that can be harvested, wow. which is super fast. Sure. Um, True. But the countries that these trees are in, they don't have good infrastructure for sustainable logging. Oh yeah, like Brazil just signed a thing. That yeah, said like they that. Could... Yeah. Brazil's president, who's very right, Bolsonaro. Yeah, he's very right leaning. Um, signed a thing that said they could deforest like twenty percent of the Amazon. Yeah, yeah. He's like fuck the Amazon, and also they have like three thousand people a day dying in Brazil from COVID, which is great. He got COVID. The yeah. president. Yeah, and he's refusing to lock it's do fun- any lockdowns, and they're he's like still pushing hydroxychloroquine. Okay, to be fair, that works very well. I take two tablets of hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, COVID is what basically is malaria. Well, essentially, right? Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, um, fucking, uh. We're running out of cork ah, as well. Yeah. I know that because I'm in the wine industry. Uh, we use like an amalgamated cork. That's um, it's real cork, like held together with plastic. So it's like a third of it's like one the, th- the cork that you would yeah. actually use. Um, but yeah, apparently we're we are running out of cork as a as a as a society, like a, a, the world. Uh, we're producing more cork uh, than we are growing it. Because it's like a slow growing, yeah, yeah, uh, thing. So yeah, where it's interesting. Like, 
I was talking talking to my cork supplier, and he's like, "Oh, you might not be able to buy cork anymore." I'm like, "What?" And he's like, tells me this whole story, like with statistics. Can't about... wait until they start saying that about coal. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I yeah. I don't think the plant's gonna run out of coal realistically, but uh, really, what like we're running out of fucking oil. Like, what if it's lithium or cobalt? Like, yeah. Some of these, de- like, I guess, to be fair, there are deposits enough that within our lifetimes are not going to run out. But... Yeah, okay, but I'm... But He's... when? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but we're running out of oil. Well, U.S. was talking... I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but Trump was actually talking about purchasing Greenland. What? Yeah, like, just Greenland? as a, just as a straight-up real estate deal. The country? Yeah. He's going to buy a country? Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah. You can? Sure. Isn't Greenland like a UN member state? Yeah, you can just buy them. Yeah, no, you can you can absolutely buy it. Like it, countries are corporations at the end of the day. <laughs> I guess uh, I, I believe. Like I might be fucking this up, but I'm pretty sure it was Greenland. No, actually, n- uh, because and basically, long story short, is they're part of. Um, they're sustained and supported by another European country. Don't they have a bunch of, like, geysers and shit? Like, uh, what do you call it? Like, with air coming from the ground. What is that called? The geyser. You know, geothermal. They have a bunch of, like, geothermal vents and shit, right? Oh. They would generate power for, I think. Anyways, I'm really fucking up the geopolitics on this. But long story short. I love... They have massive deposits of uh, precious minerals that are very integral to manufacturing uh, batteries and electric cars. Okay, lithium, right? Yeah, and currently we're getting all that shit from, like, China and, uh, fun you know, fact, places uh, that uh, we are in very good relationships uh, with. America gets a ton of it from Afghanistan, um, which I've heard people argue uh, that's the reason why they're still occupying Afghanistan is because oh, probably. I've seen videos um, the, and... Yeah, I probably saw them on fucking Infowars or something. I take this with a grain of salt, but I've seen videos. Apparently, um, America occupied this like mountainous region of Afghanistan that wasn't that Al Qaeda wasn't operating in. Yeah, but they're like, oh yeah, Al Qaeda's here, and Afghan government's like, uh, no, they're not. They're like, no, 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 they totally are. Uh, and then like someone filmed a video, like a secret video of like fucking trucks coming from the mountains, like just going out or whatever. And then they investigated and it's like, oh, this is a secret lithium mine. Um, and they're just, mm. they're just strip mining this fucking mountain, um, under the guy and the military's protecting them. Yeah. Just like you fucking Google right now, American soldier poppy. And you see these fucking us soldiers with fucking machine guns guarding poppy fields so the U.S. can produce heroin, because that's where heroin comes from. Is pop, the the plant poppies? You get opium. You pick opium. You yep. fucking melt it down. You get heroin. Uh, they pick the fucking opium and they sell it back to fucking black communities in America. And it's literally U.S. soldiers protecting these poppy fields. So the Afghan, because like ninety percent of opium comes from like Afghanistan. Yeah. And um, get shipped over in like caskets of dead soldiers. No, well that uh, that was a real thing. That's that's um. Um, watch the movie American Gangster. Um, that was that. Then, like, it's a movie, obviously, but it's a um. Uh, Frank Lucas is the real guy, uh, in real life. Um, and I think he like consulted on the movie to like get it be made. It's with Russell Crowe is the cop. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think like Denzel Washington is the is Frank Lucas. 
and uh it's uh yeah i googled it after after i watched it the first time and was like oh this is like pretty accurate um he was this um yeah just just black gangster in new york um and uh took over the opium trade basically um and like moved all his brothers down up from like georgia or whatever to uh help him um sell opium and uh yeah he was there's a scene in the movie which i love i don't know if this actually happened but because his opium was called blue magic that's what he called it okay because it was like the best the purest purest opium and uh why he was able to get it was that his friend was in vietnam for the war and met this like opium farmer in vietnam and he's like, yeah, I want to sell my fucking opium in the States, but I can't get it there. So what Frank Lucas did was uh, put it in, or allegedly, they never proved this. Because he claimed it, that he did it in the trial or whatever. He yeah. was like, oh yeah, I was fucking doing this. But then the U.S. to military was like, no, nah, he was not. So who knows who to believe. But he said that they would pack these coffins of dead U.S. soldiers in Vietnam with opium. And who the fuck is searching dead U.S. coffins? Like, yeah, basically, it doesn't even... Um, I, this was actually in Tom Clancy novel, too. It doesn't actually get processed by the military when it gets back because I don't think the military has coroners. Okay. So it gets processed by a coroner that's not active duty military. So Yeah, so he had this whole... If you can switch it in the casket, it can be pulled out by somebody that could be paid off. Yeah, so uh, he had this whole one. He was paying off the military to do it on both sides, right? right. Um, and this, uh, so there's this great scene in the movie where he's this blue magic, whatever. And so he, you sell, you know, you sell it to sub dealers, right? And uh, this guy was cutting it and then reselling it because, like, to make more money, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's like, he's like, I don't give a shit if you cut my heroin and fucking resell it, but you're not calling it blue magic. Cause that's my fucking, and he's like, that's my brand name. It's like Coca-Cola. You don't fucking see people watering down Coca-Cola and then selling it. And then the guy's like, what the fuck? He's like some drug dealer. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, that's my fucking brand name. Yeah. Call it whatever the fuck else you want. Do not call it blue magic because that's my fucking, like you can't cut mm -hmm. it and then sell it as my product. That's copyright infringement. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's, it's a great scene, but um, yeah, it's uh, opium is great. Long story short. Long story short. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where my point was. I'm kind of drunk. Uh, well, Trump buying Greenland is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So, why didn't he? Um, I, I think maybe he couldn't get it approved. Oh, okay. Or... I was going to say, Canada was going to buy a tropical country. You yes, remember, you remember this? Yeah, to make it like a, a part of Canada as was that the like same way that our US, Hawaii. the way that U.S. has Hawaii. Yeah. Was that our, it wasn't Trinidad and Tobago, was it? No, but it was Gulf of Mexico, wasn't it? I wish I remembered. But or South America. Man, that would be so sweet if Canada had a yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, so the, they, were, they were in serious talks to buy a Caribbean island and make it our 11th province. That'd be so sweet. Um, and we could just travel there without a passport. Like you could just go there because it's part of your country. 
and there was like serious talks. Like apparently yeah. it got far in the in the negotiation. Like yeah, and and Greenland is um, so I guess you can just buy a country. <laughs> yeah, Green, Greenland is like a basically a budget deficit for its parent country because I believe <laughs> Iceland. Yeah, it's it's whatever it's sponsored it's parent country. It basically it's it's like a it's it's a major black or sorry. And Greenland is sponsored by Squarespace, just like we are. If you want, <laughs> if you want to buy a country, use Squarespace. Just kidding. Um, hit us up, Squarespace. We'll take your sponsorship. But yeah, the price the price on it was phenomenal. It's like the the country currently or whatever operating it could not capitalize on the extraction of all these minerals. But like, if it was internalized, it would not only be militarily a massive. Oh, how close it is to Russia! <laughs> right, no, it's that. That'd be a huge deal. And then you put troops in Alaska. You put troops in Greenland. You're on both fucking sides of Russia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then also the mineral extraction side of it. Yeah. So well, I think like because it might it, happen. That'd correct, be that'd be kind of cool. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Greenland is like they occupy the rim, just like Australia. Like where they're all around the the coast. The coast, yeah. And then the interior is like nothing. Yeah, like kind of like Canada. Yeah, I guess <laughs> kind of like Canada, but like Australia is a better example, I think. Where yeah, they're Australia all on the too. coast, but nothing's in the middle. Yeah, but if you look at like square miles, and we're pretty much just everything's hugged around the borders. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, uh, we're all ninety-five uh, percent of our population is within a hundred miles of the U.S. border or something. Yeah. Um, that's because it's really cold. <laughs> it's yeah, really, it's cold up there. It's really cold up there, and we don't have any roads. And there, up ain't no, there. there ain't no roads. There's a lot of trees. There's yeah. a lot of bears. No, well, there's not a lot of trees. Uh, well, 90% of fucking Canada is above the tree line where trees don't grow anymore. Um, but also you can't build roads because the f- ground is frozen. Well, you, you can build roads. It's just, why would you? <laughs> I don't think you can though. Sure. Right? You, could, you could build roads on permafrost. Why haven't they built roads then? Why would you? I don't know. how. There's fuck, no taxpayers out there. I don't there. know how fucking expensive is it to build a road. Very. No, I thought you couldn't build a road because it like freezes and thaws and just fucks it. That's mostly frozen. Like per- permafrost by definition is always frozen. Do I literally look like a civic works developer? <laughs> no, there's just no tax base up there. Well, yeah, because all most of that land up there is reserves. Yeah, and, and they the don't distance between reserves and the highways is so massive that it just is more effective. With, um, actually, our friend works for the company that is yeah. primarily in charge of Northwest getting company. getting supplies up there. Yeah, and they just send it by barge, barge or plane. Yeah, yeah, barge or um, plane or ice road. There was an actual um, thing that w- the Manitoba government considered. They were going to purchase a blimp and blimp stuff from Winnipeg to Churchill. I wish we had a Zeppelin. That'd be so Um, cool. Blimps and Zeppelins are different. I want both. (laughs) I think Zeppelin, because rigid air, rigid air something, rigid air, it's not permissible. Rigid air, I don't know, whatever, is different than, because like, one is like just a balloon, and then the other is like... A frame. A frame. Mm. Um, but yeah, apparently, super cost effective yep. to send a fucking blimp uh, rather than uh airplane, obviously. or uh, And 
obviously barges, you have to be on a fucking body of water, but you could send a blimp anywhere. Uh, there was literally a fucking, and they, like, crazy, we've sent blimps over the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. From Europe to fucking North America, like, New York to fucking London, like, we've sent a fucking Zeppelin. Like, it, which, it, which billionaire was it that was considering buying a blimp so he could circle, circle the globe for a full year? I don't know. Non-stop? I don't know. That sounds like a Richard Bronson thing, but no, it wasn't. (laughs) Okay, no, it was like some tech billionaire was gonna buy like a a zeppelin and turn it into like his house and then just like float around, like just not have a house and just float around the world. Around the world in eighty days, more or less. I guess they have and just like live their entire life in a zeppelin. I guess they have like bathrooms the same way planes do, right? Yeah, septic tank or whatever. Yeah, Um, and then you just bring enough supplies to get you where you're going. Get you where you're going. Yeah. You could probably get um, mid-air resupply, too, with drones and shit. Oh, yeah, because you're fucking going 10 miles an hour or something ridiculous. I think it's like a month to get over the fucking ocean. Yeah, no, it ain't quick. You're not going fast, but you can do it. Which means we could go to our these fucking obscure communities. Do blimps exist anymore? Are there any commercial blimps? I don't know, but I like hot air balloon week. That's just, oh yeah, when you like look up and there's like forty hot air balloons, you're like, what the fuck's going I on? I love that time of year. Have you ever been in a hot air balloon? No, but I want to. Me neither. I'd go in one. We should go. We should fucking run one. Yeah, I might die, but why would you die? They're pretty I, dangerous. I feel like that's not very dangerous, right? I feel like they're pretty dangerous. More than a plane? Oh yeah. Why? So much. Like, it's a balloon. Fuck first, off. <laughs> first of all, fire. Fire. Second of all, it's like a non. I don't think there's seat belts. <laughs> Seatbelt. Third uh, of all, <laughs> I've never seen that episode of Archer where he's on a zeppelin and someone lights a cigar. Anywhere, this whole thing's a bomb. <sighs> it's not. Jesus, wanna blow us all to shit, Sherlock? Ooh. Sterling. What? For the last time, the Excelsior is filled with non-flammable helium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's the fire is necessary. Yeah, it's not flammable gas. Like you fill a. No, but I mean, like the flame can like light the balloon. No, I don't think no because the the you're thinking of the fucking Hindenburg, the oh no, the humanity. I thing. know exactly how a fucking hot air balloon works. You need a massive flame with like a gas tank. Yeah. You need to like yeah. whatever blast the flamethrower yeah, into I the balloon. Think, I okay, you Jamie, look up fucking hot air balloon deaths. How dangerous are hot air balloons? You know what? I'm gonna put it into my phone <laughs> right fucking now. Hot. Air. Oh wow! It did R. Balloon deaths per year. I like that. Um, what are the odds of dying? They are incredibly safe. Accidents are uncommon, and fatalities are even rarer. Between two thousand. In 2016, only 21 hot air ballooning fatalities were reported in the United States. Hey, that's less than how many people got shot last week. <laughs> this week. Okay, think about so, think about this, right? It's You're safer fucking... to be in a hot air balloon than to be an American. <laughs> think about this. Your hot air balloon. Your hot air balloon fucks up, right? You fucking. It's like, now you fall back to earth. It's like a parachute. It just zerps down back to earth. I mean, if the balloon's still inflated. Dude, I I think fire on your hot air balloon, I think is, you are, okay, I don't know To be what, fair, I think they used to be really sketch, but they're probably much better. I don't know why you're suddenly scared of hot air balloons. 
I feel like if you just catch a bad breeze, <laughs> that's not a thing. People li- wouldn't go in it if it was like that dangerous. <laughs> bad breeze. You might end up in the Hudson's Bay instead of Transcona. I don't think that's how that works. Could be. Okay, I'm gonna buy a hot air balloon. Down. Like the Remax balloon. There's yeah. a there's a real estate company here. Remax? Are they That's not just here, bro. That everywhere. No, no, Remax... they're Canadian. Are they American no. though? Yes. Apparently like seventy percent like of our audience is American. Ninety so. percent of Remax is American. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So Remax has balloons, I guess everyone knows. Everywhere. Okay, everyone knows that. This it's a universal thing. Everyone knows okay. Remax balloons. Everyone knows Remax balloons. All right, sorry. It's like on their logo. I don't fucking know. What do I look like? A fucking... Realtor? Realtor? What's so funny is I asked a realtor if he was a realtor, and he's like, yeah, I'm a realtor. Oh, I, I am... I wanted to punch him. I am a real realtor. And he was like, he had been a realtor for like 25 years. He's an old guy. He's been doing it his whole life. He still can't say it properly. He, are you just making fun of his accent? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> so... Uh, last week... And I went and did the Parade of Homes in Winnipeg. Congratulations. And that was pretty cool. So I don't know what that is. Parade of Homes is basically just like a month, week, three weeks. I don't know. Period of time. You go look at all the new show homes of the year. And uh, it's like a couple different areas of the city. And it's, I guess, kind of like competition. It's like Burger Week, but for houses. Wow. And I, you know, I guess was looking for inspiration, was looking for, uh, you know, what are the top end homes of the city looking like? You know, what is their, specifically, what does their tile work look like, style-wise and quality? And uh, I was only impressed by two of the houses of probably, like, the 28 that I saw, and they were both, like, average home price that I looked at was probably somewhere between, like, 400 and 600,000. The only two that I liked were over 950. I mean, I think that's telling but yeah just the bar ain't that high a million dollars at the same time like it doesn't sound like nine hundred and eighty thousand doesn't sound like that much more than like 750 but it is but holy shit is there a difference well it does right because a hundred thousand is a lot smaller than three hundred thousand right like two hundred thousand dollars is a fucking difference i'm talking like 750 to nine no i get it 750 to 950 yeah huge difference not it like it's not a huge difference and like if you can get approved for 750 it's probably not a big stretch to get approved for 950 fair point same if you can get approved for like a mil you can probably get 1.5 so you fair point uh yeah just a not a huge gap in price but oh my goodness what a massive difference in in and and product yeah and yeah it was kind of inspiring because even in like the highest end home that was in like this million dollar home and i'm like this is the level of work that i'm doing yeah which, I mean, fair, I'm doing in like one and a half million dollar house right now. But uh, don't brag too much over there. <laughs> for Winnipeg, that's worth bragging about. <laughs> that's worth fucking bragging about. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's our top top point zero zero one percent of houses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's you're... becoming it's becoming more common. Like there's a neighborhood like in like Birds Hill. Yeah. Uh, one of the neighborhoods in Birds Hill, the average home price in the neighborhood is like eight hundred and ninety. Yeah, but then you have to live in Birds Hill. I mean, it's pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah. There's, um, I'm going to buy my first house soon. I'm manifesting it. it. I'm going, yeah, I think, uh, I just signed another year for this place. 
uh, starting in April, and it's March uh, the 23rd today. Yeah. So starting April 1st, I got 12 months. I, I'm I'm manifesting it at the end of that 12 months, I want to purchase the house. What I keep saying is my first three houses that I buy are <laughs> going to be rental properties. So. Nice. Um, so he, he, here's what I was thinking about the other day. When I was a kid, one of my favorite part of playing RPGs, like video games, was like you play like Oblivion or something like that. You can like buy a house yeah. and like customize the house, like put a little... It's like, oh, I can buy a buy a bar for the house. So yeah. I can buy like a little a little cat a little thing. And then like but you wouldn't have enough money to do it all, so you'd have to like go do some quests and get some gold and then come back and like buy a little new thing for your house, right? I can do that, but in real life. <laughs> I can like do my bathroom and then save up more money and be like, you know what? I want a fucking new basement and then do it. I want but a then I bar. So I can pretty much, if I buy a house, I can force you to do all the renovations for me. Uh-huh. Um, and that was the end of my sentence. <laughs> it, it is really exciting, though, uh, to, like, just think about that being that part of your life, right? Like, it's it's new. It's fun. It's, like, the idea of moving out. It's, like, that level of new and exciting, Yeah, right? which is, because, like, I moved out when I was 18. Yeah. Um... And I was like so ready to get independence. I was on a very bad terms with my parents at the time. Uh, they pretty much kicked me. They were basically like, "Get the fuck out." They gave me like an ultimatum that was like, "Get a job, go go to college, get the fuck out of here." Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay." To be fair, um, you are insufferable. <sighs> yeah. Are. Hey. <laughs> um, we're on better terms now, my parents and I. But uh, I was so ready to get independence. And now that that's the same kind of feeling. I, I 100% agree with you. It's like, it's a whole new, it's like being a fucking kid again. But you also got to be smart about it. Like, I'm not kidding when I say the first three houses I own are going to be rentals because I want to rent where I own until, sorry, rent where I live. I don't want to own where I live until... You're like ready to settle. settle. Yeah, and until it's like, I now I want to live somewhere that I can't rent. Like, I... It's not on the market. It doesn't exist. I want like a custom built yeah, dream yeah. home. Um, that's kind of my ideas. I'm going to live in progressively nicer houses that I rent. Uh, and until I can afford at least around like above the $750,000 range, maybe above million dollar range. Well, I, I, I guess... can afford to build or live in because anything less than that, like when I went through this parade of homes, I walk through this house and I'm just picking it apart. I'm like, man, I'd be pissed if this was more than three hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. I go and ask the realtor. I'm like, how much? He's like three hundred or four ninety five. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I wouldn't pay three fifty for this shit. And the yard was fucking tiny. You have like three feet on either side of the house and a twenty foot backyard. It's all mud. Not even not even close to the middle of the city or any good scenery or the river. Like, like what, this lot is not worth anything. He's like, yeah, lots like two hundred fifteen. We we are in a bubble though. That's what they're saying. Well, partially, yeah, but it's only going to get get so much worse this year. See, here's what I'm thinking though: is that I'm going to buy a house and live in it until I can afford a bigger house, and then buy a second house, live in that new bigger house, and then rent the old house, and then continue doing that. Well, you can, but then you that's putting you in a position where, um. It's a lot harder to get 
that second mortgage than it is the first mortgage. Well, no, I'll buy it in cash. Why would you buy a house in cash? That's the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> because it's drug money. If you're going to launder <laughs> money, don't, <laughs> don't do it. Buy, in, don't, don't do it don't, in real don't estate. Don't make a one purchase. <laughs> if, if you're going to launder money, don't, don't do it in residential real estate. I what you do is you buy I a, have never and will never launder money or break the law or I have never been convicted of a crime. Anyway. So if you want to launder money. I'm not trying to launder money. If you, if you wanted to launder money. Um, I saw you I could saw, make a winery and then report no. a bunch of your sales as cash and then cycle the cash through. Yeah. So I saw a fantastic example of this, of a, a property that like the only way it made sense, cause it was from a competent business person, but they were running this ridiculous building. Um, it was like a multimillion dollar commercial building in horrible disrepair. All of the leases were like on paper or not even on paper and most of them were paying in cash and like even the division of areas within this warehouse that everyone was renting was like not well defined so it would it was we were analyzing this as a property to purchase it was impossible for us to discern who was actually a tenant there how much they were paying like what the bills were uh they even they refused to allow us to do any background checks or disclosure 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 searches on the property in Canada. You have to get permission for that. And at the end of it, we're like, this is a money laundering operation. Like that's <laughs> the only way that this makes sense because why else would this guy who owns 500,000 square feet of commercial real estate not in, have in Winnipeg be running a building that's running a deficit like this and be putting nothing in like why there's no yeah. explanation for how poorly it was being run that's except fine. for the fact that it was being used to launder either money or was just being used as like a tax write-off or something but if did you, you do want to get about... if you want to get away with it you got like i say do it in commercial did you snitch for that information no it ended Good. up getting sold Good. not long after and I um, think that that guy's already on a lot of lists <laughs> so am i I, uh, I'm, I'm big into film. We always talk about this. I used to make films when I was a kid. I used to actually want to go to film school when I was a kid. And I, I, I do have it on my like bucket list to direct a feature length film and like have it in theaters and stuff. I do want to do that and I'll fund it myself. Fuck it. But, uh, in my, you have it on a streaming service. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but in the, uh, in the film industry, um, there's a lot of people, uh, allegedly, uh, that launder money through films. They'll have a film with, you know, a $100 million budget mm -hmm. and it looks like shit and it, there's no good actor. Like, it's shitty. There's no fucking... It looks like shit. There's no yep. production value, whatever. But it's like, yep, spend $100 million on it, whatever. We spent $10 million on the backgrounds. <laughs> we spent fucking... And then the money's gone. Yeah. Right? And uh, I, I've I've <laughs> researched into a bunch of things that are like, oh, these are like legitimate money laundering operations because it's impossible to verify, right? Like talent and fucking all that shit is so subjective. It's, it's not illegal um, to run a business poorly. Yeah, I always say that too. <laughs> and, but then also uh, film specifically, the film industry is propped up by a lot of governments. You mm, get a lot yeah. of government grants Yeah. for... Um, for making films and stuff. So the money gets like mixed in and it's like impossible to tell. Um, there's a great, um, 
uh, Red Letter Media video about this on YouTube. Um, just l- I don't know what exactly review it was from, but Google like Red Letter Media, Adam Sandler, money laundering. And because um, Adam Sandler, he's he, I, he does the one for me, one for them. Right. Okay. Which is I make one movie for money and then I make one movie that I care about. Right. And Adam Sandler, because like Uncut Gems, one of the best fucking movies. I think the best movie of that year. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Um, one of the best movies of the fucking decade. Phenomenal fucking film. Safety Brothers are fucking phenomenal. And then, uh, tangent, Safety Brothers' other fucking film, Good Time, was Robert Pattinson, who I had only known from Twilight. I'm like, oh, he's a shitty actor too. Fucking phenomenal film. Should have won an Oscar. Uncut Gems, same fucking thing with Adam Sandler. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, Safety Brothers, shout out. But anyway, Adam Sandler does a fucking ton of movies, like Grown Ups 2 and fuck all this shit. Jack and Jill, where he plays his own sister yeah. and shit, that are garbage. Yeah. Just horrible. Like, you, you, I, I haven't even tried, but I've, like, seen, like, clips, like, uh, YMS or, like, Red Letter Media, like, people do videos on them. They're just fucking awful. But they always take place in like the Caribbean or Mexico or something. Right. Because, and they're all with Adam Sandler's friends, like Kevin James and all mm-hmm. the fucking SNL people. Right. So what he does is, or allegedly I'm not making any accusations is we're going to make this movie. All me and my friends are going to get a fucking all expenses paid vacation to the Caribbean with our families for six months. Yeah. Uh, we're all going to get paid $15 million and we fucking phone it in. We get in the fucking front of the camera for a day. And then we spend six months producing, like, whatever. And it's just garbage. But we get paid $15 million cash. The the movie takes them $500,000 to get produced. They fucking put it out. It flops. But no one gives a shit. And everyone just... The, the production company moves the money to the actors' pockets. And whatever. Their talent. Whatever. They get paid. Well, they self-produce a lot of these movies. Yeah, well, and that's the problem. Is that there's no oversight. And so they get investors... They take this money. They fucking it's law. They're they're laundering money through well, these allegedly. Well, I don't know. That's more like defrauding investment. Or no, 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 no. But the investment, the investment group that's investing is actually owned by them secretly. Right. So they're like taking illegal money and then paying it to themselves legitimately. I don't know. Allegedly. Where does the legal money come from? You think if you don't think Adam Sandler owns like a drug cartel <laughs> that would be hilarious it's called the like, like happy madison shrooms <laughs> yeah I was, I was gonna say like happy madison is actually actually a cartel like Lo, los pollos hermanos <laughs> yeah, and, it's a front... <laughs> and he is actually the guy from uh uncut gems like that's his real. In that's real that's the closest it is to his real personality. <laughs> that's him. Just in real Adam, life. be yourself. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he has to try really hard to not be this idiot, yeah, <laughs> or to like not, to, to not or to be an idiot. Yeah. That's why he's over the top. Is because he's actually a criminal mastermind. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. That's funny. But yeah, no. Apparently, it happens a lot in the in the film industry. That uh, well, it's it's actually been. Uh, I guess in several movies and shows, but uh, organized crime 
loves to put their money, their dirty money into movies and get clean profits back. Um, Google. It's in The Sopranos, actually. Google Beyond Last Season. It's a film. They film it in like a soundstage in like a gym. You can like see the fucking outlines of the background where it doesn't hit the ceiling quite like it's literally there's no mics there's no fucking anything uh cost them like tens of millions of dollars to make allegedly yeah it's a fucking money laundering scheme beyond last season look up uh look up ralph the movie maker's video on that on youtube um so if you want to learn how to launder money just hit us up hit us up dude oh fuck i you watch breaking bad and she's like oh when they own the uh, car wash and she's just like putting transactions through the fucking machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like, literally how you launder money. One hundred one. Get a cash based business, which gets audited like fuck. Doesn't matter because if people can walk into your store and pay with cash, you don't ID them. They're not on the camera. Whatever. There's no way to trace it, right? So you take your drug money, you take your hundred dollar bill from drug money, and you purchase a hundred dollars worth of car washes. Uh, plot like better if it's a service-based business yeah because my my wine is all tracked yeah products can be tracked products can be tracked but if it's a service-based business like you're just paying for fucking laser tag or you're paying for a car wash no way to fucking trace that shit take your hundred dollar bill pay for it on the books pay your fucking taxes on it whatever's left over is clean right yeah you want to clean money buy a casino Casinos, uh, casinos are so well regulated, though. Yeah, I mean, just watch the Ozarks. <laughs> yeah, Ozarks, yeah. Anyway, um, I think it's probably on on the note of money laundering, uh, <laughs> extortion, and Adam Sandler. <laughs> extortion, yeah. Um, this is alcohol beyond this point. The podcast where we talk about extortion and money laundering and get drunk, drunk and then sober. Okay, so drunk opinion. Do you think money laundering is good? I agree. Uh, you can follow us on <laughs> Alcohol Beyond This Point on Instagram, Alcohol Beyond This Point podcast on Facebook. Uh, my name is Willows. Vote Willows on everything. V O T E W I L O W S. Um, everything, literally everything. And call me at two zero four. Um, and look, at, follow me on Instagram. Nailed the word. Instagram. Yeah, Tyler underscore the builder underscram. <laughs> and otherwise, just call me. Okay. Um, thanks. Go- Google Google Willows and harass. Dude, um, don't do it. What's his name? Don't the, harass the wine me. critic. No, dude, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.